What sort of work does an Australian need to put in to get noticed by the WWE? What are the differences behind performing a professional wrestling match to a live crowd versus a television audience? Who's behind the curtain at these events? And what are the subtle nuances that go into putting on a professional wrestling match in the first place? This is Beyond the Lead with a WWE NXT star, Indy Hartwell. You might not know it, but Australia is experiencing somewhat of a boom in professional wrestling at the moment. Adelaide's Rhea Ripley, Gold Coast's Tony Storm, Adelaide's Duke Hudson, who at one point was hoping to perform under the name Tony Modra, and Zion Quinn, also known as former NRL player Daniel Vidot, are all signed to the WWE. While in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Robbie Eagles is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. On the independent scene, the likes of Jonah, Jessica McKay and Cassie Lee, and Buddy Matthews are some of the biggest names out there. Also rapidly establishing themselves as one to watch in the pro wrestling world is Indy Hartwell, who wrestles in the WWE on its NXT brand. Born in Melbourne, the 25-year-old signs with the WWE in 2019 after impressing on the independent circuit and, as she began to find her feet as a performer and character, rose to prominence as part of the Way faction, alongside the highly regarded veteran pair and real-world husband and wife, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, and fellow phenom Austin Theory. Despite the group nominally being conniving and cheating bad guys, they rapidly became a favourite of fans thanks to the highly entertaining manner they go about it. Basically, think a group of pantomime villains oblivious to the fact that they are the bad guys, and Gargano and LeRae also serving as pseudo-parents for Hartwell and Himbo Theory. After a reign with LeRae as NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Hartwell's character then began, much to the storyline chagrin of her The Way family, a forbidden romance angle with NXT talent Dexter Loomis, who in the world of WWE is not just an eligible bachelor, but also a silent, heavily tattooed, and heavily implied to be a serial killer individual. Now, the pair recently got engaged to be wed on NXT, and needless to say, wrestling has a long history of weddings. Uncle Elmer and Joyce, the macho man, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, Leader and Kane, Leader and Edge, Stephanie McMahon and Test, Stephanie McMahon and real world husband Triple H, many times. So, as I began my conversation with Hartwell, I asked her how it felt to be getting to add to that proud, I guess, history of the wedding in professional wrestling. Yeah, growing up watching wrestling, I was always drawn to like the larger than life storylines because, you know, when I first discovered wrestling, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a soap opera. And obviously wrestling weddings are really special. They don't happen too often, but every wrestling wedding that's happened uh, has been like a big part of history. So I'm really excited to, you know, find myself, you know, becoming a big part of history and uh, getting married on live TV. Should be an interesting experience. Um, I mean, but you've talked about there 
your journey through. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you trained at the PCW Academy here where I'm speaking to you from in Melbourne, um, Australia. Yep. What was your progression from indie wrestling to steal a line from NXT itself to being indie wrestling? <laughs> uh, so basically, I, I was a big fan of PCW growing up. I would beg my dad to take me to the shows and once I was old enough to have my own license so I could drive myself to training, uh, I signed up there, trained there, and basically WWE was always my end goal. So everything I did was, you know, to progress further along to get here, um, which meant I would fly myself out to America to gain exposure and experience and make connections and Thankfully, a few years later, it paid off with the WWE contract. What got you into wrestling in the first place? Was there a certain match? Was there a certain wrestler? What sparked that passion? So I, I don't actually remember the first bit of wrestling that I watched when I was younger. But when I decided to start training to become a wrestler, it was Sasha Banks versus Bailey from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And when I saw that match, I was like, wow, they can do that. I want to do that. So that was literally like the catalyst that started my journey. We, we are seeing that match is often pointed at as being one of the key landmarks in the explosion in women's wrestling that has been occurring over the past few years across the industry. Yourself, you're 25 years old. You've got a long career in front of you. Is there a sense of excitement surrounding what... Uh, women's wrestling is turning into at the moment for you? Yeah, definitely. I think in the last 10 years, women's wrestling has really taken a turn. And then also in recent times, like with the women's evolution and all that, um, there are amazing women in WWE having incredible matches every week. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. And hopefully I can inspire some girls to start wrestling too. <laughs> I mean, one of the women you're currently working with at the moment, Candice LeRae, she's been doing this for ages. I remember that match she had in PWG with the thumbtacks and the boots and all of that, and that blew me away. But you're working with her, working with her husband, Johnny Gargano, as part of The Way. They're two of the best in the business, both in terms of what they can do in the ring and their character work. What have you learned from them since you've been paired up with them, both in and out of the ring? Um, I think from being paired up with them has just really given me much more confidence. I know when I had my first few matches on NXT before I was with Candice and Johnny, uh, I, I didn't really know myself. And then when I got put in the way, uh, I got to show a bit of personality on screen. And from showing personality in the backstage segments, that translated into the ring. And it just made me more comfortable as a performer. Because, yeah, as you said, Candice is tough as nails and... Johnny's an amazing wrestler and he's hilarious. So I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. In, in terms of the, the, the cliche that I've read is the best you in terms of wrestling is just your own personality turned up to 11. Is that something that we're seeing? Is that your personality turned up to 11? What we're seeing on screen on NXT? Yes, I would say it's me turned up quite a bit. Um, and then you add the love element into it, which isn't really like me. Um, but it's still cool. You're not really a romantic off screen? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and 
of course, that also you've been paired up with Dexter Loomis um, for this whole saga as well and seen some of his work prior to the WWE. And then he's come in and he's really seeming to have come into his own in terms of his own character and working with others. What's it been like working with him? Yeah, working with him has been amazing as like with Johnny and Candice because he's got uh, a lot of years of experience in wrestling and he's uh, worked TV before, which is something that I'd never done so I'm learning a lot from him and yeah, he's, he's a great guy and really knowledgeable. And one of the things that Dexter does that I've noticed, he, he doesn't speak obviously. So he's got to get all of his character and the storyline across without, you know, verbiage. It's all body language. Is that something that um, a lot of well, us fans don't really pick up on is so important for a wrestler to be able to do? Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, he's got it down packed, but I think it'd be extremely difficult if, you know, you weren't able to say anything mm-hmm. in in your segments um, because a, l- a lot of what we put out is verbiage. So mm-hmm. he has to get all that over by, you know, his facial expression <laughs> and his mannerisms, uh, but I think he's really good at it. And his artwork as well, that helps. Oh, an amazing artist. Yeah, because from what I can gather, you know, putting on match on it looks it looks a lot easier than it probably actually is that i'm guessing you've got to actually do the match itself safely doing stuff like you've dived through tables before from the outside which can't be the safest thing to do but you've also got to be able to tell the story of the match have the story of the match fit into the overarching story that you're also involved in you've got to get across your own character and personality plus you've got time constraints and everything else how hard is that to actually do night in and night out? Yeah. Professional wrestling is pretty much an art form. And then adding the live TV element to it, uh, you know, like with times and stuff like that, it's, it's nerve wracking and it's difficult, but uh, I'm getting better at it every week. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to do that. What was the biggest transition for you going from non-televised to televised matches? What were some of the things that, you weren't expecting to learn that you ended up learning? Basically learning how to show yourself to the cameras. Uh, whereas if you're working, you know, when, when I worked, when I first started wrestling, you're more so working to the paying crowd that's there to watch you. Um, but live TV is different. And obviously live TV, there are time constraints. So we have to be spot on sticking in those time constraints. Mm-hmm. Backstage, who are the type of people that help you with that? Because we hear about all the producers and everything that are working in NXT. Who's been helping you pick up that and guiding you around that? So my coach for most of this year was Sarah Amato. She wrestled for a long time on the indies as Sarah Del Rey. And she was something that I followed uh, when I was a wrestling fan. Um, So I learned a lot from being in her class, learning how to work TV And obviously, like, a lot of the other coaches we have, like Terry Taylor, Steve Carino, uh, Matt Bloom, and obviously we work under Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Mm. um, Just looking aside also, there's the live aspect and there's also the televised aspect. What's that balance been like as of, like, because I'm speaking to you from Melbourne. We've been locked down for weeks. We're probably going to be locked down for a lot longer than that. What's it been like over the past few years? How has that changed for you? And has that been difficult? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think we, we had 
we haven't been able to put on our live event house shows for a year and a half now, which is not too good because there are a lot of people in the performance center who train really hard, who aren't on TV yet, who haven't been able to have that privilege of wrestling in front of a live crowd. So hopefully soon we can get back to it. Now, you mentioned the performance center there, and I did want to ask about that for our listeners here in Australia that aren't familiar with the ins and outs of the talent factory that exists within the WWE and NXT. What is the performance center? The performance center is basically a wrestler's dream. So when I first got to the performance center, it was a big warehouse with seven rings. And I was like, Oh my God, I've never seen seven rings together. Um, so basically the performance center is where we train and learn how to become WWE superstars. We train in the gym, we train in the ring and we have amazing coaches for in ring and promo coaches. So it's, it's really amazing to be able to learn there. Can like, so I'm imagining com- comparing and contrasting it to, as you said, your indie career, when you're paying your own way and flying everywhere, looking for exposure and driving to training and that this must be, a completely new experience and you'll never want to go back. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And in terms of, as I mentioned, you're 25, a lot of career to go, career to go. What are you looking to accomplish in the next few years? Of course, the next episode of NXT, it's kind of like the relaunch NXT 2.0 new chapter. What are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years? Well, I think the relaunch of NXT should have a, a new women's champion. So I definitely got my eyes on Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's championship. And as for other long-term goals, I would really love to have my own action figure to go next to my Dexter Loomis action figure. Is that a big thing talking to you? You've grown up a wrestling fan. Obviously I can hear the passion in some of your answers. Is this, you know, when you see your face on posters, when you see, you know, toys coming out when you see all of this stuff, does it somewhat take you back a bit? Like these wrestlers that you used to grow up idolizing, now you realize, oh my God, people are now doing that for me. I've got my toys. I've got all of this sort of stuff. Yes, definitely. And unfortunately, I don't have my own action figure yet, but when I do get one, it'll be a huge full circle moment because I have a massive tub of WWE action figures uh, back at my parents' house in Australia. You, you, you grew up in Melbourne, yeah, correct? Did you have you? Yeah. Did you have an AFL team when you were down here, or NRL, or anything uh, like that? Was it so just wrestling? My AFL team was Collingwood, but to be honest, uh, I didn't really follow AFL that much. Mm. But our family's team was Collingwood. Okay, so was it all wrestling for you as a kid? Yeah, it was all wrestling, and I also played soccer. So yeah, we're kind of a big soccer family. Oh, well, this is interesting because I'm a primarily a soccer journalist when I'm not doing these podcasts. Who do, who do you follow in the round ball game? Well, in the A-League, I follow Melbourne Victory. Ah, so apologies for, uh, well, not apologies, condolences for last season. Um, <laughs> I was there covering the 6-0 and the 7-0 defeats. Um, what do you, have you been keeping up with the victory this offseason with Tony Popovich coming in? I honestly definitely haven't been keeping up with the A-League as much as I did back when I lived in Australia. And little fun fact, I was a ball girl for Melbourne Victory back when I used to play soccer. For like a, a, like a, a final or anything like that or just a regular A-League game? 
just a regular league game. I didn't. I don't think I did uh, anything too special. <laughs> who's your favorite player growing up? God, I I can't even remember. Well, back in the day, so like your Lee Broxhams, your Danny Allsops, Leandro Loves, like, Bess Barishas. I'm pretty sure Lee Broxham came from the same club that I played for. There we go. Well, Lee Broxham's Lee Broxham's still there, so he's he's still there, the veteran of the thing. Um, and then just one maybe final question for me, Andy, because you've been super um, generous with your time, but I know a lot of you know WWE. Hopefully, in the future, they'll be touring again. They'll be touring around the world. Is being able to perform in Australia? We've seen in the past they've done a show at the MCG. Would that be a big career goal for you? Oh, absolutely. I was actually talking about this to my dad on FaceTime the other day, talking about what a crazy full circle moment it'll be uh, when I finally get to wrestle at Rod Laver Arena. You know, that's where I went to my first ever WWE live event. So, yeah, I'd be extremely grateful to wrestle there. Who wrestled at that live event? Uh, I, I remember that Triple H tagged with Jeff Hardy because I think Shawn Michaels was injured. Um, but I can't, I can't remember who they wrestled, but I remember that Triple H looked at me. <laughs> and now you work with Triple H. Triple H is your boss. Yeah. Now I see him every day. There we go. Um, well, Indy Hartwell, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on ESPN. Good luck with the future and good luck. Well, I guess by the time this airs, the wedding will have already aired on Australian TV on Fox 8. But hopefully it went smoothly but given that it's a wrestling wedding i somewhat doubt it yes let's hope it goes off without a hitch wrestling weddings generally go very very wrong but remarkably the wedding of hartwell and loomis went off without a hitch on the latest episode of nxt Maybe it helps that the groom carried an axe inside of his suit jacket, although then again, given his character, that just might be a regular thing that he does. Who knows what's next for Hartwell as she, still very young in wrestling terms, continues to refine her character, in-ring work and storytelling ability. And given the current state of wrestling both in and out of the WWE, it is a good time for her to be a young and talented individual in that sphere. For now, I'm very appreciative of you tuning in for another episode of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a conversation with WWE NXT performer Indy Hartwell. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and don't forget that you can catch this episode, all episodes of Beyond the Lead, and every single episode of all of ESPN's collection of delightful podcasts, anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead, please be sure to subscribe, Tell a friend and or family member and leave us a review. And to steal a line from newly crowned WWE champion Big E, when it comes to reviews, three ain't enough, I need five. Stars, that is just, por favor. But anyway, thanks for tuning in today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be catching this episode and... Spread that power of positivity because I'll be joining you for another deep dive into sports as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.